Hello, and welcome to the Fan Power Podcast, uh, where we talk about fan engagement through the lens of zero-party and first-party data. I am thrilled to have Kiki Mills Johnston on the podcast today. Uh, Kiki is very special and important to the Fan Power world. Uh, she's an amazing investor. She is a philanthropist. She is a former operator. And she is very plugged into the world of sports. Kiki, welcome. Can you tell the world a little bit about yourself? Hey, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's awesome to be here. Um, Kiki Mills Johnston, partner at Drive by DraftKings. Um, you know, I've spent most of my life working with early stage companies. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of fan power, as you know, and just uh, and a big sports fan as well. So excited to be here and talk about something really fun like zero party data. Awesome. Can you give us a little bit of background on Drive-By DraftKings to the folks who may not be as familiar? Absolutely. Uh, Multi-stage VC firm focused in sports tech and entertainment. Um, we invest uh, pre-seed through opportunistic Series B, um, have a $60 million fund, um, three areas that we focus on, sports and gaming platforms, media fan engagement, and human performance, actively investing, have a great portfolio of 18 companies, and uh, have many more to make. Awesome. Thank you. Well, Kiki, the, the reason this is such an interesting conversation is because you actually introduced us to the term zero party data. So, uh, you know, for the last four years, we've been collecting what we called fan sentiment, which was our way of understanding how the fan feels. Mm -hmm. uh, but you introduced us to to this term and and kind of acknowledged that you're you're hearing it a lot more consistently. So can you tell us what what does zero party data mean to you uh, and and where are you seeing it? Yeah. So, so zero party data to me, you know, it's information that I proactively and intentionally share about myself that provides more intimate knowledge of who I am, um, my explicit interests and preferences in certain products, um, personal attributes, um, communication styles. Um, but it's really just who really Kiki is, and it's kind of peeling back the onion of of you know what 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 makes me me. That's that's great. That's a really clear definition uh, of it. And over the 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 last couple of years, as we've done uh, a lot more research into what zero party data is, we're seeing it used very effectively in the world of of retail consumer packaged goods. Um, yeah. You know, brands asking directly uh, of the consumer what they're interested in. But sport is such an interesting industry to look at zero party data because everything about sport is changing, but yeah. it's still powered by loyalty. So tell us in, in, in the position that you're in sitting between leagues, early stage companies, you're constantly being pitched by new and innovative companies. How are you seeing zero party data come into that conversation and, and, and where is it going? What does it mean? Yeah, yeah. I think about it in, in two areas. One is, you know, first of all, zero part data. I mean, it's about for leagues, for the companies out there, you know, it's about personalization in order to, you know, acquire, retain, extend, you know, the shelf life of a customer, right? How do I deliver more appropriate messaging, appropriate offers at the appropriate time based on what I want. 
And when you do that, you create a stronger bond between brand and me such that I want to do more. I want to pay more. I want to, you know, share more. So that part around just understanding that zero party is really important on that personalization side. Second, I think, you know, it's kind of like how it's about how do we digitize fandom? Like, how do we take that? real life experience, that emotional connection that we have when we go to a game, we know a team, you know, you know, we bleed green in this family, you know, and extend it beyond the game and beyond that in real life experience and that raw emotion and taking that and putting it into something that, you know, some way extends into something that becomes more of a digital thing and a a loyalty program. So that part, I think is just, there's so much opportunity there. And, you know, I can give a ton of examples on it, just like my own experiences, but I, I feel like there's just a green pasture around how do we really understand who I am, who my family is, what we care about and extend that further to actually extend my further, like, so we bleed green even <laughs> further through more family members and more things that we do. Yeah, that's so interesting, right? Because that, the the bleed green component, right? You're you're such, you know, you're, you're huge Eagles fans. Um, it's it's what we call loyalty beyond reason, right? It's it's a part of you. It's it's a part of, of your, your fandom. Um, and, in in the last couple of years, especially in the VC space, right? Yeah. You, what I've seen as as a, a an early stage and and growing company is that the world of sports betting unlocked this this new thought around innovation because you're going to understand the fans because there's this new you know component of of revenue that that was introduced and then immediately just like immediate fast follow was Web three. Thinking about right. the the collectibles, the NFTs, and digitizing fandom in that capacity, and it almost feels like those were and are entry points, but they kind of come back to this this very kind of basic and and fundamental need, which is understanding your fans at a deeper level. Totally, and I'm I'm so glad you you are talking. We're we're, we're unpacking this a little bit more because I think that digitizing fandom. I think it's just, you know, it's the simplest of things. We'll just call that the web two, the emails, new things. And, you know, it's a web three, two. But I think for most regular fans, this web three, it, it's going to take a while to bring people through to that. Right. And that utility part of it still, you know, has to be shown. But, you know, just around kind of some of the basics you know, example to make it real, because this is how I can talk about it. But, you know, my husband, season ticket holder since he was 20 years old, he took his dad, it's been, a, you know, it's been an experience for them. And now he's taking our son, Benjamin, Benjamin started going at six years old. And it's become, you know, a tradition for them. Well, imagine if the Eagles knew that, right? Imagine if they could kind of follow what, because we live in Boston, but they drive down a lot. Like certain games, they we can't go to Sunday night games. We'll go to Sunday. So imagine they know the time. And then imagine that they know that Keith is now bringing his son. What about, you know, a free membership into the kids club? What about kind of a coupon for ice cream when they're at the game, right? How do they bring that new, like that bonding element in, which further endears, you know, my family to the Eagles? Like, that's why I say there's so much ripe opportunity and there's so many stories like that. But like, that's the thing that's exciting 
that beyond just, hey, we're in the playoffs, here's your ticket. You know, there's just, there's so much more to do. Yeah, and and I, I think that that's, that's the ultimate opportunity because when when you look at the, the the data that has been accessible let's call it transactional data yep. right ticket sales merchandise POS in some in, in some situations um, that's not telling you that story the only way you hear that story is by speaking to your family directly and, and, I, and I'm I'm assuming um, I don't like to assume much but that that's not necessarily projected on social. And, and even if it is, it's, it's projected in a very small corner of social, right? And so it's still yep. not accessible. And, right. and that's, it, that's got to be, in, in, in my mind, uh, the, the future because that's access to the next generation. That's building that loyalty beyond reason starting at the age of six, which is the key. Right. I mean, this is what the NFL wants, right? This is why they have Play 360. This is why they're doing all these things to bring this next generation in. But, you know, at the same time, I just want to acknowledge, like, to your point of transactional data, like this isn't easy, mm-hmm. right? I, I mean, there are, in order for whether it's the NFL or a sports team or others to have a really cohesive strategy, you know, it, this personalization, I mean, it requires a strategy, it requires specific data, and it requires technology to execute, right? Because there's, there's a lot of different data sets. There's missing data, there's siloed data, there's non-actionable data, there's transactional data. How do you start to bring that all together? And how do you start to use, you know, inputs of things to actually help with that? I mean, that's what I know you guys are starting, you are doing with FanPower and bringing that in to help augment those data sets. And, you know, it's going to take some time. It's going to take a clear strategy to actually understand how all those parts work together. You know, you know, it's it's not easy and, you know, it takes a lot of forethought there. But um, but I think there are ways to do it. And, you know, what I think is what I really like about on the zero party data side is that whether it's a widget or a poll or something, it's not invasive it can be really simple. It can be really fast. Keith, you going to the game? Great. Who are you bringing? This, you know, like, and, and so you start to kind of collect those things um, in whatever it is in a way that's really fast and it's not hard. Yeah, I think that's right. So, uh, you know, the, the fan power world uh, aside, I think that VC has the, the very interesting and I think very cool lens uh, of, of seeing kind of what the next generation of companies look like very early on. Um, and you also have the ear of the, the leagues in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And this is why they spin up their own innovation funds, um, as well. So if, if the, the, the 2019, 2020 world was sports betting startups and the 21, 22 world was web three metaverse startups, are you seeing that the 2022, 2023 world is, is different? Is it, is it loyalty? Is it zero party and first party data? What, what are you seeing out there? I think the theme, one of the themes, but I'll just focus on one as it relates to this. I think it's personalization at scale, um, leveraging AI, leveraging um you know, technologies, other technologies that help us do that. But I think this personalization, which, you know, that's always been a theme, mm-hmm. you know, but I think now, you know, technology further powers it, AI allows that at scale. Like that is the part where it's like, we have to know our customers even better mm-hmm. um, because now 
It's about what we want, when we want it and how we want it. Um, And I think many like the next generation are kind of willing to give more about themselves because look at like the sharing generation that's out there. And then that, that is an expectation um, of, you know, that, you know, I get an email on something, but I didn't, you know, we still all get that, right. We'll get an email or whatever it is on something that I'm not interested in that I never knew about. Like, that's not me. Like how, like you instantly get turned off. You're like, you should know me by now. Like that's baseline. Yep. Very cool. Well, I, I appreciate, I appreciate your, your thoughts on this. I appreciate your perspective. I'm excited to follow along in your journey and, and really understand from you kind of what you're seeing and how this world evolves. Um, I'm going to finish with one question that yeah. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm particularly interested in. The introduction of upstart leagues into this country has been fascinating. The introduction yeah. of international sports coming into the U.S., right? Cricket, I think, is the most recent introduction. Uh, what are you excited about? What are you most excited about and, and why? Yeah, Um so I'm putting my mom hat on, but, um, you know, as a mom of a young boy, like <clears throat> I'm super, I know this is not necessarily an upstart, um, but I'm, I'm really excited about flag football. Like oh. I, I love it. You know, it's actually rising in popularity with girls and, and women. So I think you're going to see more there on, on, on the women's side of sport. Um, but I, you know, I marvel at the strategy and actually in many ways it's harder to do because you have to pull these little strings, but I've been a huge fan watching that. And even in our little town, um, you know, I know some, like there's a girls team that's actually, I think almost gone on, on to state. I mean, at a, a older level, but um, I love, I love that I mean, we're a football family in general, but um, flag something I'm excited about. I would say pickleball because you know, everyone says pickleball, yeah. but you know, first and foremost, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about flag. What are you, what are you excited about? First of all, that's that's really cool because I think flag football is one of those sports that I wish we actually played in a more structured way. It takes an immense amount of athleticism. And if you know you weren't playing uh, full contact football, it was still a really great way to, to get out there and do something fun. Um, so I, I think that's awesome. I hadn't heard that before. Uh, what am I what am I interested in? I'm actually yeah. I'm interested in I, I tend to look at these things through a bit of a different lens, right? Like what's yeah. going to 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 grasp a, a niche audience and what has the opportunity to create uh, a pipeline in the in the schools. Yeah. Um, going back to a contact sport, I'm actually pretty interested in uh, in the rugby world. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just, you know, the major league rugby is is you know they're here, um, they're they're live. It's a really interesting and international sport. Um, I, I I've gotten behind it in the past, but it never really had like a, a legitimate fandom to it, just because it never really had a presence in the schools. But I'm starting to see it in the schools around me now. Yeah, um, I think it's really interesting. It takes it it, it teaches discipline, um, but you know, we'll see. It also, also has a lot of injuries. So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Well, no, I, but I think it's, you know, I think the, I think what your point you're getting at too, is just, there's, there's a variety of sports for people to play um, that require all different, you know, high levels and lower levels of skills. And, but we all know what sport and teamwork does for just from a teaching perspective, yep. you know, it's critical. So I think anyone that can grasp into something's big, I'd say the last thing, and I know we're at the end, but my, like I will call it an upstart sport, even though it's an extension of baseball, but you know, banana ball, you know, oh, like, yeah. like the best, like Benjamin, my son, we, we had a, he had a week long camp over the holidays and, and Savannah and banana ball. 
it is, you know, it's like the Harlem Globetrotters for baseball, but it yep. is own rules. It is the funnest, just most engaging way to fall in love with a sport again. Like, yeah. and it's about fun. It's about engagement, right? And and there's so much we can do with that. Yeah, you know, I've got his book on the on the the bookcase behind me. You know, he's all about fans first, and and right. everything that they're doing is making a a sport that is uh, that is consciously making an effort to reach a younger generation. Uh, very very in, engaging and and fun and entertainment, and it's everything that it's everything that that the Harlem Globetrotters did. Um, right. and it's so unexpected, and it's perfect for social media. They're, they're the best. They're totally the best. Yeah, completely. Cool. Well, thank you, Kiki. I appreciate the time. Uh, oh, thank you. But uh, yeah, just you you bringing this knowledge is is incredibly helpful, and uh, and I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation. So thanks. So awesome. Much. Thanks for having right. me.